Welcome to the Sober Nation FM podcast, where we're putting recovery on the map. I'm your host, Jonathan Sylvester. This show is brought to you by Sobriety Engine. Do you want to take your recovery to the next level? Do you want more support, community, and fellowship? Sobriety Engine is an incredible free online community of men and women supporting each other in their recovery. You can get a ton of great tips, resources, and guidance to help you succeed in recovery and in life. Visit sobrietyengine.com to join today. Sober Nation FM is also brought to you by Recover Health. If you're ready to get fit and start living a healthier lifestyle all while supporting your sobriety, then you can learn more about having me as your own personal fitness and nutrition coach at rcvrhealth.com. And whether you're listening to the show on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or watching on YouTube, please share this with your friends, follow, subscribe, and leave a review. Nation, let's hop right into today's episode. Today, I'll be speaking with rapper Chaz Smith, aka Kalichi. Thanks for coming on the show, Chaz. No problem at all. So, man, I I definitely want to talk to you about your music, and I know you also have a tour coming up, but first, tell us a bit about what was going on before you found your way into recovery and how you actually got sober. Um, So, I mean, the short version is, is really, I just, uh, you know, I started drunk drugs at, you know, a remotely young age, I guess, (laughs) maybe like 15, which is, I guess, not that young, but uh, my progression was very fast. It was very quick. Um, you know, 15 was smoking weed. And then, you know, by the time I was a senior in high school, I was doing heroin, uh, you know, and then really right after I graduated, uh, barely graduated, uh, I just basically, you know, was, you know, shooting heroin and and smoking crack all day and just was in and out of jails and out of rehabs and out of psych wards, et cetera. And, um, it was, it really was just like a torturous existence where every day I wanted to die. And, um, you know, really I just hit a point because I was broken. I feel like I was broken from drugs and alcohol at such a young age, but, uh, you know, I didn't know how to really stay stopped. And, um, you know, I would go into places and I would feel good after a couple of days and be like, you know, okay, I can do this. I don't, I don't need to use. And then sure. I would leave and I would be smothered in that gut wrenching, you know, obsession where I just felt like I just had to put something in my body. I had to put some type of chemical or alcohol into my system. And, uh, you know, it really wasn't until, you know, I finally decided to give myself a chance because I've had many, uh, intervals of being clean. You know, the first time that I, I got clean, stayed clean for a year, I was 23 and, okay. um, you know, so then <clears throat> my sister really was like the first tangible evidence in my life that, you know, it is possible to, you know, not use drugs and alcohol. And, I, you know, I watched her, you know, get and stay clean. And, um, you know, now she has over 15 years. And like, that's not my story, though. But um, I've that's had awesome. you know, multiple years clean, you know, a yeah. few times, actually. And uh, but I don't know. It's just the way I came into recovery it was just really you know, I was tired of waking up sick. I was tired of going to jail. I was tired of feeling pain. And it was just, I was willing to do whatever it took um, to not feel that way. Mm. You know, that's basically how I found recovery. That's awesome, man. So, uh, and, and awesome to hear that your sister found recovery as well. And that she was able to kind of, you know, show you, I, I think it's so important for us to see that, like, we've got to see that hope coming from someone else. Right. And for you to have someone that was so you know, close to you. I mean, that's a pretty, pretty awesome thing. And I'm yeah, sure. Yeah, because she... I, 
Because I mean, like so many of us, you know, we can go to meetings or, or see people online and be like, oh, they're clean, da, 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 da. but like the bottom line is like, I don't really know that person. Like I, I knew how she used and I knew how bad she was. And I knew, you know, I was with her every day for years and, you know, to see her not be that way anymore. That's really where I got the hope. Wow. Yeah. That's an awesome thing. And I know I definitely saw that, like, you know, in some of my friends, you know, before I got sober, like, man, like I, exactly like i know how that guy used to be like i used to run with that guy like the fact that he's a totally different person now like that's that does give you hope i mean that's yeah. really that's saying something for sure so you know i want to ask because I, i'm sure there's some people listening that that have a, a very similar experience obviously and and maybe they're still struggling you know like when you you said you went into rehab and and institutions and stuff a couple times like i know you know everyone it takes what it takes right like everyone mm -hmm. has their own story but like you know, if someone's kind of in that right now, like what suggestions might you give them to like, like, what do you think maybe you weren't doing? Like looking back in retrospect, like um, the times that you really did want to get clean and, and you couldn't stay clean, were there a couple things that like looking back, you think maybe like, man, maybe if, you know, I, I'd done this a little different or done that a little different. Is there anything you would kind of suggest that someone might take a look at? Yeah, I mean, so when I was like, when I was like way younger and I would go in to a place and I would use the same exact day that I left, um, you know, my advice to that was to really just pay attention and actually listening what, you know, people were telling you because I would go in the places and I would hear them say, Things like, you know, do a 90 and 90, you know, you got to pray, you got to read, you have to go to meetings, you have to get a sponsor. Like I would hear, and this is just my experience and this is just my story, but like sure, I would yeah. hear them, I would, I would hear them say them things and I'm like, yeah, whatever. See, but so I didn't understand that, you know, addiction involved much more than the drugs I used. So when I left rehab, you know, it was like I was you know, left to fight this monster, but really didn't have the tools and really didn't have anything to fight it. So I just always would give into the feelings. And I would just always just, like I said, like, I, I like felt like I had to use, you know, and um, as time went by, you know, the more failed attempts and more, you know, failed endeavors that I had, you know, I, re I realized that, you know, I really had to start putting the work in if I wanted to succeed and if I wanted to stay clean and honestly, if I wanted to survive because it was getting to the point where, you know, like so many of us, numerous overdoses and just, um, I mean, yeah. every day it was on the verge of death, you know, whether I was driving drunk for literally the 1,000th like, time or, you know, I was laying on a sidewalk with a needle sticking out of my arm. Um, I knew that it was not going to end good. <clears throat> and, um, like I said, just all my efforts were exhausted at trying my way as far as trying to use the moderation, trying to just use this drug, trying to just drink, just trying. I mean, I just, I just gave up. I completely surrendered and accepted the fact that I cannot, <clears throat> you know, put anything into my system. And once I did that, it was almost like a relief. You know, like, okay, now that I've found a solution to my problem, I have to be willing to do whatever it takes to keep it. Yeah. Okay. So it, it sounds like it's, it's pretty similar to my story. And I'm sure a lot of people that are listening, just like you had to take the suggestions that, that were being given to you. Yes. That's what it sounds like. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. So man, so tell me, so you, you get clean, you stay clean. Um, so how, how old were, I know you said you stayed clean for about a year when you were 23, but how old were you when you actually, uh, how long have you been sober now? 
Uh, four and a half years. Okay. So I, like I said, I had a year clean. I had three and a half years clean. I had two and a half years clean. I had a year clean and now I have four and a half years clean. Okay. That's awesome, man. That's yeah. awesome. And um, so, I, I, I'm sorry. Yeah, no, no. So I, I was just going to ask kind of how, how did, uh, so at what point did you start getting into music? How old were you when you started getting into the music? <laughs> I mean, honestly, the first time I got clean when I was 23, um, Real crazy. It's like I didn't. I didn't even have like friends that did it. I didn't know anyone that made music. I didn't okay. know anyone that you know rapped or wrote or, or sure. nothing. I just thought. I remember I came home from outpatient one day and um, I was watching Music Choice on on demand and uh, and I don't even really remember what songs were on because I've gone through every genre of music over my high school and then when I was using from like eighteen to twenty two, I didn't even listen to music I, at all I just you know did drugs yeah <laughs> and um I don't know I I just I started writing almost like in a poetry form and um okay just like over beats and stuff basically or I mean I mean at first just with no beats and I just, okay. start, I just started writing and um yeah I liked it and then I started formulating songs and then I eventually uh you know, I remember like calling someone to get me instrumentals because at this time, like technology wasn't even what it is. And, yeah. Uh, they gave me a bunch of uh, beats and I just started writing this some stuff. And then uh, I picked this studio out of the yellow pages um, mm -hmm. and went there and went there for 10 years consecutively. And uh, that was it. Like no one really taught me. It was all trial and error. Um, I really just, it sounds like, like crazy, but I just like started writing one day and just never stopped. That's awesome. Well, so I want to ask, like we talked about suggestions, like had anyone suggested like you journal or do anything? I mean, did any of it come from that or were you just like, man, I, I, just I mean, and... I mean, I probably, but I, I mean, I even like when I travel, when I speak to people, I even say that, I mean, it doesn't even have to be music. I just think journaling in general is so uh, is so essential, you know, um, because I don't know, I'm just taught, we're taught to like write about our problems and write about our feelings and write about all that. And, you know, it's kind of hard to put into words, but something magical really does happen when the pen meets the paper. And, um, you know, for me, I, I think in the beginning, that's almost what it was. It like filled like that emptiness inside of me and it filled like that, uh, that missing piece, so to speak. And, um, I just took and took it and ran with it. Hmm. That's awesome, man. Yeah. I mean, I like probably in the past couple of years, I've gotten more into journaling and obviously it was something that even before I got into recovery, like you hear that it's a good thing and you're just kind of like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I, yeah. I think you're right, man. Like, you know, we, we get that stuff out. It's a good way to just like reflect. Um, and man, that's something I do every day now. I, I'd agree. I think it's super powerful and definitely a good tool for, uh, for anyone, but especially, you know, people that are, that are in recovery. Yeah, and I, I think it's great too for, you know, people like myself because I'm not like a huge talker. And I mean, even to this day, there's there's times where I don't want to call somebody and I don't want to express my problems and I don't want to do this. But, you know, for me, it's, you know, either praying or, or writing about it, it really does just like lift that weight off of my shoulders. Um, so that's another good tool for um, somebody that might not want to constantly share everything with somebody or, you know, or everybody. That's yeah, man, that's a great suggestion. I mean, I remember my first sponsor being like, Hey man, look, like we, we're, I think maybe we're talking about the third step or something like that. And just, you know, kind of connecting with this higher power. And he was like, look, man, like 
you know, there are going to be times where I'm not available. Like some stuff's going to be going on. I'm not going to be available. Uh, none of your brothers in recovery are going to be around. Like no one's going to pick up the phone. Um, and so you, you've got to create this connection with a higher power so you can reach yes. out. But I like what you're saying that like the writing is another tool for doing that. You kind of are still, uh, still reaching out. So I, I really like that. So let me ask you, I mean, th this, this music and, and your rapping, like what role do you feel like it plays in your recovery? I know the writing obviously plays a big role in it, but like the music itself, what kind of role do you think that plays? Uh, I mean, <laughs> It's definitely, I don't want to say it's 100% separate, you know, even though I would like to say that, but yeah. you know, it play, it, you know, it, it has played a huge part in, in my own personal recovery for the fact that, you know, there was nights that I, I honestly was going to use. There was nights where I was going to hurt myself. And, but instead, you know, I sat in an abandoned parking lot with an instrumental on repeat for three hours straight and just wrote and felt a million times better. Wow. So, I mean, in that fact, you know, the essence of me doing that, you know, has, you know, is, there's songs that I have that I could honestly say saved my life at that moment in time. Um, so for me personally, you know, I probably would not be where I'm at. And I don't even mean in music. I just, I don't think I would be where I'm at, you know, mentally and spiritually and all that if it was not for my music. Wow. So it, ha it has played, a, it has played, you know, a humongous part. Yeah, that's awesome, man. Well, you know, one of the things I wanted to ask you, like, obviously, we see a lot of rappers, uh, especially now, a lot of young guys, you know, getting uh, lured into the lifestyle, right? Sex, money, drugs. Like, how did you separate yourself from from that lifestyle, uh, you know, early on? And, and I guess I kind of want to know, like, um, and, and we're going to talk about this in a minute, like, I think one of the things from what I know uh, about you is that you've linked up with some really strong other artists that are in recovery, which I think, man, yeah. that's, that has to be invaluable. But, um, you know, how, how did you separate yourself from all that early on? I mean, I, I really don't even, I don't even really remember, but I, I know that like at that time when I started writing, I was, you know, practicing a recovery program and they would okay. just say honesty, honesty, honesty. So it was like, okay, well, let me just practice honesty in my music. So a lot of stuff that I wrote about even back in 2005 and 2006, you know, I would, t I would talk about past tense kind of, but, you know, I was also talking about, you know, my new way of life of that, you know, the life that I was attempting to live. And um, I don't know, I just feel like I was going to share my story. So I might as well be as honest as possible in, in regards to how it made me look. And um. I say this all the time, but like I do have numerous lines throughout all of my, you know, music where, you know, maybe the normal person wouldn't share because it's embarrassing or whatever. But I just sure. felt like I said, there's just freedom, you know, uh, there's freedom in having absolutely no secrets. And, um, mm -hmm. you know, I, that, that's just for me. And, uh, I just, like I said, I just was wanted to, I wanted to share my story and, uh, it's such you know, at the very, very beginning. And I really just never put any limitations on it. And just always decided to just really just write what I was going through, write what I've been through and write what I intend to do. Yeah, no, man. I mean, I like, I really appreciate because you, you are real in, in your lyrics, like, and it's, um, you know, not only do I appreciate it, like lyrically and just the stuff you're writing, I mean, I think just you know, being a, a former addict, I mean, man, just like the grittiness and like, 
I, I think you're right. Like some people would listen and they're not really going to fully grasp it, but someone that's been there, they're going to be like, wow, man. Yeah. Like the needle hanging out of my arm and just like, you know, the detail you go into, it's like, yeah, that's, that's some real stuff. So I, I want to ask you about one of your songs in particular, uh, your song class acts with Mac Miller. And uh, I, I'll just say being from Houston, as I mentioned to you, I appreciate you guys. Uh, sampling Scarface's uh, My Block. Uh, so I'll, I'll throw that out there. But um, So, man, how, how did you guys link up to, to do this song? And, and um, did you know him, or, or what was that all about? Uh, I mean, not really. So, like I said, that, that studio that I picked out of the Yellow Pages blindfolded, I mean, there was numerous studios in the, in the city at that time. But uh, okay. it just happened to be the most prestigious one. And, yeah. Uh, so, I mean, at that time, like when I, when we made that song, it was nothing for, you know, even Wiz to always be there, you know, and to Mac to be there. And um, nothing. I remember I was sitting uh, recording a song and I seen, uh, I don't know if you're like familiar with his work, but there was a flyer for the jukebox. And I was like, hey, Germ, who's that? Yeah. Who's, who's that kid? And he's like, oh, it's Mac. I was like, is he any good? He's like, yeah, he's good. So then I remember he, he, he was getting big on MySpace at the time. And um, so I just wrote him, you know, and I seen him a couple of times there and uh, and nothing. He was just like, yeah, I'd absolutely love to do that song. And I was like, all right, cool. So then I just, we just met at the studio one day and I was probably like the third or fourth time that I met him and um, did the song and uh, yeah, that was it. And then uh, he eventually dropped kids and blew up and uh, yeah, I mean, he had an amazing career. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I've got to ask, man, I mean, not that you guys were super close or anything, but, um, you know, I'm, I don't know, maybe you got some insight just on, on being with him a few times. Like, were you surprised to hear that, that he had OD'd? I, I was. And, uh, like I said, so I seen him during that, that song and, uh, and all that back in it, but I mean, I didn't see him for, I, I couldn't even tell you how long, many yeah. years, but, um, I have two really good friends that are really good friends with him. And, okay. uh, so, you know, they, I would always ask about him just because of, you know, his success and, you yeah. know, and the, the things that you would hear online about, you know, everything that he was going through. Sure. And, um, but yeah, I mean, it was shocking to me, you know, drug addict or not. I mean, it, it was shocking to me to, um, mm. to hear that and to see that. And, uh, and honestly it like, you know, it kind of, you know, it made me sad when all that, when all that happened, you know, for the sheer fact that he's from Pittsburgh, you know, and he was an amazing artist, you know, and I, like I said, I have some friends that are real close with him. So yeah, it was just a tragedy. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely, man. Well, so I, I want to kind of switch gears here. Last year, uh, you went on a tour, uh, the It Takes a Village tour with yes. uh, B-Rain, Casey Makes Music, Joe Nestor, Jordan Meyer, Rim One. Um, and actually, I, I just spoke with uh, Joe the other day, which was cool. Um, so you guys are going to be back at it this summer. So tell us a little bit about about the tour and, and just what was going on last year and how this all started and and just a little bit of the background there. Yeah. So, I mean, last year, so uh, B-Rain had the idea of like he, he wanted to do a tour and get a tour going. So, I mean, he basically did all the footwork, all the you know, the research as far as, you know, what, what he needed to do, how to get the venues, how to get the sponsorship. And, um, he basically just executed it, you know, and then, uh, and then we all got together and went and, uh, it was, it was, it's such an amazing experience. And like, you know, I travel a lot, you know, for music, you know, as it is, but, you know, to go from just one city to the next and just and do all that, and especially do it with people that, that you love and respect, because when I travel, I travel completely alone. So, I mean, it was like, 
it was nice. It was fun. You know, had a blast. You know, meeting you know so many people in different cities that I've messaged with prior. You know, that was one of the biggest the, the biggest blessings for me, honestly. Um, so this year we're just you know doing the same thing and uh, trying attempting to do it two or three times bigger. So we're gonna have uh, I think believe like twenty five cities and um, oh wow we're gonna Man. go across the entire country. Okay. So uh, yeah, it's um, still in the very early, like developing stages, but yeah, I'm looking forward to it. That's awesome, man. So yeah, I, I kind of asked you about this or mentioned this a minute ago, but like, how important do you think it is for you to, to like have other guys like this in your corner? Like, and, and more specifically, like other artists that are in recovery, like what, how, what value do you see in that? I guess. I mean, just the, the fact that a lot of us have the same goals, you know what I mean? And, um, you know, they really are all like working on something like they're not just like, like, you know, saying they're clean and do music like they're actually all very genuine guys that I consider my friends. And uh, so I think it brings a lot of value to like not only my music, but also my recovery and, you know, to be able to travel, like I said, you know, especially with people that have the same mind state, like, you know, as you uh, is, you know, is really something that. I just, I loved about it all, um, but they do. And uh, I think support in recovery, you know, for people that are listening, you know, is absolutely huge because I would not be where I am today if it was not for, you know, my foundation that I built when I was real early in recovery, you know, and all the groups of friends that I have. And, um, you know, cause I, like I said, like, I just, I can't do this alone because anytime that I tried to just do things completely by myself, I really did always fail. Um, so, you know, today I'm still not the best at like asking for help, but, but you know, I know that like my life depends on it. So like it kind of forces me and, uh, I don't know. I just, like I said prior, like addiction is much more powerful than me. So I need to really, you know, have people in my corner and have people by my side. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely, man. Now I hear you on that. So, you, you know, you, you've got some important roles going on or many roles, I should say. I mean, you're an artist, you're a person in recovery, obviously, like we've been talking about, but you're also a dad. And yes. so I, I kind of just wanted to ask you a little bit about that. Cause man, like when I see you on social media and stuff, I'll, I'll just tell you, like, I'm not a dad yet. Um, but I definitely admire that. Like, you know, you talk about your daughter and a lot of your songs and, mm -hmm. um, it, it's really awesome, man. So it, could, could you kind of tell us just like, a little bit about that that journey and and just um obviously it means a lot to you but but just kind of describe like what that means to you and and um you know what type of just how important being a dad is uh, i mean it really is the most important role that i have and um you know for those who don't know my story like my, my mother was an alcoholic my sister was a heroin addict my father was a heroin addict and uh so my mother left my father when I was six months old. And to this day, I've never heard or seen from him. Don't know if he's dead or alive or whatever. Uh, so, you know, there was always that fear of like being like him. So, you know, I reiterated this a million times, but my biggest fear in life really was always to be a father. Um, it wasn't like the, this, you know, your average fear. It just, that is something that paralyzed me when I would think about it. And, uh, you know, and then in the midst of finding out I was going to be a father, I remember, I remember it very clearly, like that first day, I was completely consumed by fear, I was completely consumed by pessimism, self doubt, lack of confidence, I can't do this. 
And I remember I woke up the next morning and it almost was like a breath of like a, like a breath of fresh air, how I was like, I can do this. And, uh, and I can't even really explain it. And I always say it, like, I feel like I've gotten older. I feel like I've matured. I feel like my perception of life has changed. But like, when I say that, like I woke up and I, I feared nothing, I really didn't. And, um, you know, since the day my daughter has, has been born, my life really has changed and, uh, for the best. And, uh, you know, so many things have brought me joy. Um, but, you know, hanging out with her in general is just the absolute best. And, uh, you know, so where I live, you know, <clears throat> the, uh, you know, Brielle's mother lives like a mile away on the other side of the borough. So okay. I have, I see my daughter every day, basically. So she'll get it for 24 hours. I'll get it for 24 hours. Like unless I'm, unless I'm traveling or something. And, uh, I don't know. She just really is my best friend. She's my sidekick, you know, whatever I'm doing, like she's just right next to me. And, uh, it's crazy because my biggest fear turned into my biggest blessing. And it, I just, I couldn't like, I'm not going to say that like, I wouldn't still be clean if, if I didn't have her because, you know, I got clean before I had my daughter uh, a couple of years, but you know, I think that she has escalated every single, you know, angle of my life as far as, you know, dedication, you know, motivation, uh, even desire for wanting to be clean, desire for wanting to help people, um, you know, and it just really taught me a lot of things also like patience, tolerance and all that. But you know, she really, <clears throat> you know, is the light of my life. And, yeah. um, and it's, it's just crazy that, you know, this little person that, that I could love so much because, you know, I was at a, look, I was at a point in my life where I truly believed that I never was just gonna like have love like mm -hmm. on that level for another human being. And then it turns out that I felt a love that I've never felt ever, you know? So like I said, it just new avenues of everything, new levels of everything, um, simply by just, you know, spending time with her. Man, what, what an awesome gift. And yeah, I, I really, you know, like, obviously we have to get clean and, and stay clean for ourselves. Like we know that, but like, I, I get what you're saying. I don't think it's a bad thing to say like, you know, this person in my life or this other thing is also a big motivating factor and it makes Absolutely. me want to do it even better and, and even more. And, and I really love how you said, like help other people because at the end of the day, that's, that's really what this is all about. Right. Mm -hmm. I mean, is, is caring this message. So I'd like to ask you, man, I mean, what does your recovery actually look like today? I mean, it, it sounds like you're in a 12 step program. What do you do to maintain and grow your sobriety? Um, so I do nothing perfect first and foremost, but you know, I have a sponsor. I go to meetings. I still probably go to about three meetings a week. Um, depending on whether or not I'm traveling, uh, you know, uh, I still read, uh, I still read literature a decent amount. Uh, I try to pray every single day. I, I usually do numerous times throughout the day. Um, and not, I try to help people the best that I possibly can. And, you know, and I mean, really it just, it is that it's just the, the basics of the program that I was taught. And, uh, you know, like I, when I say like, I don't do everything perfect, meaning that like, I don't do all five of them things every single day. Like I just, I get busy, you know, I, I get sidetracked, but, you know, and just staying connected, you know, staying connected to a higher power, just like staying connected to a God. And um, I'm telling you, like, 
it really like sounds like as simple as it sounds like that is what I do, you know, and not and being open-minded enough to like, you know, to con continuously grow like with, with whatever's going on. And, um, I can say today that like, like two of the biggest things that has really changed for me really is, is my gratitude is that I am grateful for everything that I have in my life because I truly believe that it could be stripped away and I could be left with nothing. So it's like everything I have in my life from my daughter, to my house, to my vehicle, to my friends, to my supporters, it means the world to me. And another thing too is really just is the way that I view reality and the way that my perception has, has changed. And, um, you know, even like with everything going on, I'm not even like saying it's like, it's not a big deal, but like, I just, I just don't really panic. I just, I don't really like let things bother me. I don't let things really get to me. Um, I just try to always remain calm and just have faith that like things are going to work out. And it really with whatever I'm dealing with, like it really is like whatever struggle I go through, whatever challenge, obstacle, turmoil that I deal with, it's really not that big of a deal. You know, like, unless it's like a major tragedy that like I'm forced to deal with, but like yeah. anything other than that, 90% of the stuff that falls on my lap on a daily basis, like it is okay. It's really not that big of a deal and I'm not going to make a fuss about it pretty much. Yeah. So, I mean, it sounds like executing the basics. Yes. Yeah. I, I mean, and man, I'll know about you. I'm, I'm definitely like an overthinker. <laughs> Yeah. I can I can complicate stuff like crazy. And it's funny, man, like a few years, you know, into this recovery deal, like I, I and I've had this conversation a, a few times lately, like, you know, I just realized more and more, like I can try, like something might pop up a, a situation or something. And, you know, I can try to like reinvent the wheel and approach it a different way. And then, you know, thankfully, um, and I'm really grateful for this, you know, I'm able to get that perspective you're talking about and say like, man, the way to handle this is doing the exact same stuff that brought me here, like continuing to do those same things. It's not, I don't think it's really going to ever change all that much. It might look a little different, but um, it really is the basics, I think. Yeah, I absolutely believe that, you know, and because uh, I, I mean, I'll see people that are like, <clears throat> they'll get so mad or so frustrated or upset about something, about something that they can't control, something that they're completely powerless over. I'm like, and like, I don't even know why somebody would just waste the energy. Like, you know, I just, when I know that I can't control something instead of it, you know, bringing, you know, making me upset, it actually makes me feel better because I know that it's completely not up to me. So why would I even put any like type of energy or, you know, negative thoughts into it and just like, really just like, let it be and have the attitude. I'm telling you, it took me a long time to like practice like acceptance and surrender on, on a deep level. And, um, you know, and 95% of the time, like that's really how I am. That's really how I think, you know, obviously there's the moments where like, I don't feel spiritually fit or I feel, you know, uh, you know, I just might be like, have like an off moment and I'll let something get to me. But, you know, for most of the time, it really just apply the attitude. Like it is what it is. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and you said it, man. I mean, like, you know, I, I, early on in recovery, like I would hear people saying the same thing that you're saying, you know, and, and luckily like all this stuff is repetitive. And I think there are times where it's like, oh man, I've heard this a million times, but it's also like, yeah, I need to hear it that millionth and one time, you know, as, as a reminder, because I would hear people saying what you're saying, like, you know, Jonathan, like why even give it you know, why give this person or this situation, like why even put 
any energy into it. Like you can't control this thing, you know? And, and the reality is like it, that you said it, like it takes work to get there, like to have that, that change in, in thinking. So man, but before we wrap up here, I, I just want to ask you, what is one piece of advice that you'd like to share with the sober nation? As far as, yeah, just recovery in general. I mean, really, I look back, you know, like it, it, on my journey and it really would to be just to be open-minded and to like give yourself a chance. And this is coming from somebody, you know, if you just listen to everything I said, trust me, I didn't start off the, I didn't start off this way, um, you know, and to really, to never, to never give up no matter how many times you have attempted, you know, to get clean, how many times you've attempted sobriety. Cause like, like, you know, if you listen to like my story, like when I first started talking, it took me numerous times and it doesn't have to take somebody numerous times, you know, and that's just me, but you know, I, I never really gave up, you know, even the times when I relapsed and I used, there was always like that spark of hope in me that like, I can do this and I, you know, I'm going to try to do this as long as there was breath in my lungs, you know, I, I'm I'm capable to change my life. And, you know, I practice that today with like, no matter what I'm dealing with, it's not even recovery, just anything, you know, um, anything in my life that I don't like, anything in my life that's not spiritual or brings me discomfort, only I have the power to change that. So I try to utilize that motto and I try to really apply that to everything in my life, you know? So, you know, if somebody is struggling with, you know, trying to get clean and they believe they can't because they've tried two other times before it really like just don't listen don't listen to the false you know don't listen to the you know the, the negative pessimistic thoughts that you may tell yourself because it is possible you know and i just listen i never believed in a million years that i would ever get and stay clean i truly didn't you know and now that i am here is like i just you know i do whatever it takes to hold on to it that's awesome, man. Yeah, that's, that's great advice. Got to keep that, that positive thinking. And, and I'm a big believer in just like, uh, you know, self paying attention to self-limiting beliefs, you know, like the person that says like they're a chronic relapser. Well, man, like that can be a self-fulfilling prophecy. Like, you know, sometimes they become the chronic relapser and you have to let that, like you just said, you have to let that hope come in and at least you know, pretend to believe that, that there is some hope out there for you just to get that, that positive thinking and that shift in, in mindset going. So, uh, you can check out Kalichi's music on all major streaming platforms. Be sure to keep an eye out for his new album dropping this summer, and you can find all the tour dates and information on the tour, uh, at it takes a village tour.com. Thanks for coming on the show today with me, Chaz. I really appreciate it. Be sure to check out the show notes for all the info from today's episode. Sober Nation FM is brought to you by Sobriety Engine. Sobriety Engine is a free online community of men and women supporting each other in their recovery. Visit sobrietyengine.com to join today. This show is also brought to you by Recover Health. If you're ready to get fit and start living a healthier lifestyle while supporting your sobriety, you can learn more about having me as your own personal fitness and nutrition coach at RC vrhealth.com and again whether you're listening to the show on spotify apple podcasts or watching on youtube please share this with your friends follow subscribe and leave us a review nation thanks for tuning in and i'll see you next time